Welcome to Wither Team, a Black Magical podcast for Black Magical Stories. Hi, everyone. It's Bayana, Robin, and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently, we're reading Legendborn by Tracy Dion, and today we're discussing chapters 54 through 56. But first, previously on Wizard Team, uh, Bree, Fitz, and Evan go into the secret tunnels um, and then are attacked by imps. In this battle, Fitz is impaled. R.I.P. Um, then we find out that Evan is not really Evan, but a demon named Raz. Uh, Raz tries to take Bree hostage to force Nick to awaken so that he can kill Arthur, Arthur and end the lines. Um, but with the help of her grandma, Bree kicks Raz into the ravine, except he survived, and then he immediately kills Witty and Russ. R.I.P. Um, Selwyn does come in like Gandalf the White, but he's not quite strong enough to defeat Raz. But and when he gets hurt, Nick finally succumbs, you know, instead of Bree being there when Sel gets hurt. Just need to, you know, put a emphasis on that. Um, Nick succumbs to what he thinks and everyone else thinks is Arthur's call. Um, he then goes to pull out Excalibur, but we find out he is not worthy. Meanwhile, Bree's ancestor Vera has arrived. And so we're about to find out uh, what's going on with Bree and her magic. I love that you're like, he's not worthy. And I just think of Molnir. <laughs> yeah, literally. That's what I thought of when I was like, writing the thing. I was like, no, this is, he just can't not that he's not worthy. Time. He's not Arthur. No, he's not. It's he's, because he's, he's not. He's not Arthur. But he's not. He's yeah. not worthy. He's not Arthur. He can't pick he's up neither Steve Rogers nor is he Thor. Because Arthur is, is worthless. But yet Arthur is worthless. That yes. is yet and still. Odin also made Mjolnir, so that's a thing you got you know, to think about ooh, as well. So ooh. unworthy people be doing unworthy Listen. things. You know. I don't know how we can do this, but if we could do a bonus episode where I get to talk about Odin's ain't shitness as a poppy, every time I watch the Thor movies, and you know me and Thor, we go way back. He's my fave. Every time I'm like, this man is trash. In every movie, they make a point to be like, this is a terrible father. And yet and still. Possibly the worst father in the, all of the MCU. When he hits him with the Jedi disappearance. <laughs> <laughs> when he said hello. Make of this what you will. He said hello. Your sister. <laughs> the goddess of death. She's she's coming. I'm when out. I die, she gets unlocked from prison. Oh, I'm dying. Peace out. And he like, had the nerve to have his hair in a different hairstyle. Too. Gave them, like he was fresh out the salon. Fresh out the salon being like, ah. Gave them like, two, a problem. Minutes, two minutes to be like, hello. A, one, you have a sister. Two, when I die, she's going to be released from prison. Three, she's unbeatable and she gets her power from Asgard. The, our whole realm. The so, realm that we reside in? Good luck with that. I'll see you when I see you. I won't be here to help you. <laughs> like, do what you want to do. I'm going to turn into dust and go hang out in the stars with my wife. I'm going to go see your mama? Because... <laughs> I don't have time. Freya, I'm coming to join you, honey. Like, what? He said it was giving, like, what is it? Red, uh, red fox. Yeah. Like, I'm coming, Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Like, he's like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to join you, honey. 
Oh my gosh. It has nothing to do with what we're well, talking about, but I just I, No, that was not said, the intention okay. of my men- of my uh reference, but you know, we're some <laughs> nerds. So we gotta it, go in on Odin because Odin you is gotta you, do it. you brought you Thor into this and me. I did. I did. I I uh accept full responsibility. Odin has to come like it has to come up. I was gonna just say I admire your strength for not seeking secret tunnel when you have the ability. That is true. I, yeah. To, to I, I was like, it's okay. I don't have to do it. <laughs> but I thought about it. The restraint. The restraint that you have. We went on that tangent before we got started because, like, literally, this next chapter is heavy with a capital H, capital E, a capital A, a capital B, and a capital Y. Um, <laughs> just and I also gotta say like <clears throat> trait the eight she was in her bag writing this but did she have to I guess she did I don't know why why now why am I in it but you know okay it's like visually and I want to pull out my book but because I'm reading for wizard team on my Kindle um it, it's like a very like lyrical, like the the even like the style changes. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes very like lyrical, like prose, poetic, poetic, yeah. And I think that that's like I don't know. I think that it's an it's a interesting choice because when we're in the memory walk, and I couldn't really remember, but the first memory walk, it doesn't change like this, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, Bree is still like very much a part of what's happening. And in this one, it's like very much like she is looking kind of like an omniscient presence, like um, just seeing, but not really being a part of. So it says, um, I see the oldest mother when she is young, standing in a field behind a great white home. She wears a plain white dress, or at least it is. It was white at one time. Her hair is tied up. Face is glowing, face like glowing mahogany, eyes like mine. The sun is low in the sky. She is tired. The day has been long. And I think that that is like, well, I mean, it, it first starts with a walk, years past, years of pain, the history of my mother and her mother and the, and her mother never knew. Um, the history of my mother and her mother and her mother never knew. And that is like a little poem part. And then there you get this little bit of like, exposition and then it goes right back into that kind of poetry um format verse uh verse thank you i was like this is not the right way of explaining it but i I don't have the words um so we find out that like the master who is um master davis did they ever say nicholas dave no nicholas is No, they don't um, give a name. They don't say his name, but like we find. I don't out even the, say that it's Master Davis until the end. Yeah. So yeah. So um. The so Bree's ancestor is on this plantation. The master and his wife are fighting about not having children, um, and then Bree's ancestor Vera sees um the wife um with. Reynolds. Reynolds pulls the master's wife to him until they are hidden behind the magnolia, its branches almost touching. Um, and then 
the master appears and says, I'm not here to hurt you, but he is, he hurts her anyway. Three months later, the master and his wife are still fighting in the orchard. And she wonders if a child between them would truly make it better. It wouldn't, but the next day she goes. pause here? Yeah. I just wanted to note that this is like with the lens of the order being in place here, like their fights over children are not just like the usual, typical, mm-hmm. awful, um, yeah. like primo, primogeniture trying to pass down the land and the ownership or whatever on. It is, he's a, he knows that he's supposed to be the line of Arthur and what's at stake if he's not able to produce an heir for the line of Arthur. And that is probably the most of like their like argument and like it would be I don't want to like don't really want to see from the colonizer perspective but it would be interesting to know what the order looked like in that day and what kind of like social schisms and or battle lines were drawn within the order at this time period um and it's also interesting that Reynolds um and her is giving is giving a very much like Arthur Guinevere Lancelot kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd wondered whenever I picked up the book if they were gonna if they because we kept hearing line of Morgane. And I'm like, if they're gonna have Morgane, then there has to be a Gwyn somewhere because Morgane is kind of like not the is not one of those typical storylines that you see picked up with Arthur. It usually like sticks with like Arthur Merlin and Lancelot, and then maybe you'll get a Gwyn. But Morgane is like so far down the line for a lot of people to pick up and pull into an Arthur story. So I'm like, if they're gonna pull in Morgane, they they have to pull in Guinevere. Um, so it's interesting to me the first time I read it, I was like, so is this it? Is this the Guinevere mm-hmm. uh, situation that we're gonna be going? Like, is there they not actually we may not see another Guinevere kind of figure? But if we do, it'd be interesting, like to see if there's like a, um, if it has any relation to this like uh, historical Guinevere. That yeah, we I mean, they I, actually make I reference to it later. Yeah, in like does. it's its own like Lancelot Guinevere Arthur situation. I think yeah, Brie kind of like, and I think that like I, I, She's not, I wouldn't say like that it it happens this way because obviously you know there's like <laughs> slavery and rape involved, but I think that it was a interesting way to 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 like bring it in without having it be at the center right like you're trying to tell a specific story and so like you want to make those references and you want to like pull in as much of like the lore as you can but then also twisting it to then like create this separate reveal of like or like this reveal like making it so that it still affects Bree and like the characters right and so without it being like oh there's like an actual Gwen in the present day Right. And I think yeah. it's also I think it's also like more of the dynamic, right? Like Guinevere doesn't have her own line. So it's more just the dynamic that was shown here. Um that perhaps may have come up in other situations too, but just like not present day. It also made me be like, oh my God, is so Guinevere. <laughs> um which I I think in general, like I hope that it's explored a little bit more. Like we do get this, um, and most of most of what we get in this chapter and these next chapters, um, they focus more on what this means for Brie, 
Nick and the lines, but we don't really know kind of what this means, like what these, what those relationships were actually and like what that, um, between like Reynolds Davis and then the wife. Um, I don't know that we need to. Um, yeah, I don't know that I really don't care. I guess it's into like it. interesting. Yeah, but I think that one of the things that it's I think is more more interesting um, is that so they're fighting about children, right? And this is like slavery times, but also the role of women is still society like in the society centered around bearing children and having um heirs which is even more important in in the order than um just like normal everyday you know like you like Portia was saying um but there's no <laughs> I, I, I guess it's like is the is the stress of bearing children so much that like it makes them kind of reckless. I don't know because I feel like both all three parties here are for well, who knows if the wife cares about the lines or or she just got and got roped in, but like at least the Reynolds and the Davis parties are being very reckless in a time in which like birth control is not um, as effective. And we don't really see any like kind of like mention of even yeah, like but I trying, think... except yeah. for in Davis's case, think... his birth control is murder. That's what I was going to say. Like, I also yeah. think like we there have been mentions too of like, calling the lines and making sure that like you know what I mean like they're pretty like they have they have uh contingencies for lack of a better word um and we see the contingency as in this chapter because when we see his reaction yeah but I'm thinking more in terms of like with Davis specifically like he like he owns this woman right so he in his head like yeah he's he, I don't think he's thinking of it as like a threat because he feels right. like he can. If anything happens, I, I understand from like thinking, in terms of like Reynolds and then the wife, like they're wiling. Yeah, and and it also like, it's like, it's not, I mean, not that he's not that Davis is not wiling. I just mean like yeah. it's a different. It's, it's a, a different. That's like Guinevere. Yeah, yeah, it's a different situation, but it's also like it's not that birth control didn't exist back then. It wasn't as effective. And like a lot of it was, you know, was it old wives' tales or stuff like stuff superstitious based on superstition or whatever? But like, there was some ways in which preventing these pregnancies, right? So it just felt like interesting to me that they, especially the Lancelot Guinevere Reynolds wife, just seemed very reckless when, like, all we know about them is that they're fighting over children. Um, so then she, so Vera 
the the master um says i'm not here to hurt you hurts her anyway by raping her um then Vera starts to show and the master's wife notices doesn't seem to care but the master notices and cares very much um and then he uh grabs her and says tonight Vera roughly releases her and she knows that he means to hurt her and so she runs um she says that she runs she leaves as soon as the sun sets and hopes that she remembers the story and she tells no one um because she doesn't want him to come for those like the other slaves as well i guess um so she's just trying to like get out of there as soon as possible and leaving like as little trace as possible but um she says she runs for she takes nothing with her but a bit of fruit and sweet honey nectar or honeysuckle um and runs for hours master davis has the money for patty rollers but she didn't expect to hear them so quickly so he's like prepared this is what i'm saying with like it's a little bit different between reynolds and davis because like his contingency is if she gets pregnant she we're gonna call this line or you know stop this where it is and so she ends up climbing up a tree smearing blood onto the fruit and the flowers and then asking the ancestors for protection so she says protect us please all of you everyone protect me so i can protect her help me see the danger before it strikes help me resist their entrapments give us the strength to hide and fight and so then she like kind of repeats this prayer to her ancestors um and then this part i was interested in because they hear her their voices rise up from the earth up through her wound and into her veins, directly into her soul. And it says, bound to your blood. And then she's like, yes, please bound to my blood. Um, but like the dogs are at the creek. So she's like. Under duress. Under du- like under duress, but also under like a time crunch. And so she's going yeah. for the most extreme protection right, that she can Because at this point find. too, like she has, you know, we've seen how Root works. Yeah. And how you know it's you're borrowing but that means that it's temporary so it's not so which means it's not as strong so in this case you know she's again trying to protect herself and her baby unborn child but it's also interesting that she like and also like her line after that too right so she's not like it's not just protect me and my child like she um yeah so it's it's like it's protect me and my child but then at a certain but then past that like she also you know we see her overhearing these conversations she may mm-hmm. not know anything about the order but they have a pretty clear idea even like when we were talking to Patricia about where, where Patricia was talking earlier in the book like they know what the order does they yeah. stay clear but they know what those things are and what that means so for her she's like in this case also knowing who Davis is um, and his line like that's just gonna keep going. Yeah. For for generations. So it's not mm-hmm. just like protect my baby. It's like protect my like the whole everybody. Everybody who comes after yeah. me too. So the strongest way to do that is bloodcraft. Um and like you said, she's under the rest, so she's just like, Yep, let's do it. Yeah. And so yeah. they say a price, the voices sigh, fat and heavy. One daughter at a time for all time. And then she cries, bind us to it her body trembles with a wave of desperation and an ocean of determination 
Um, and then she and the voices say the words together. And so it is. I like the first time I read this, I wasn't like reading it as like the voices of the ancestors. I like was like a voice and I was like, oh, it's the demon. Um, but then I like went back to, you know, make sure I read it correctly for other taking these notes. And I was thinking about like the way that I read it at first. I was like, I still have like tons of empathy and like understanding for Vera and the choices that she, that she makes at this time. But I was like, that's real sinister that like she's reaching out to the ancestors and then this like demon takes that, that moment to like take advantage. Um, that's not what happened. But in my first reading of it, I was pretty sure that like, in this scene, she reaches out and it's that and like where it says the voices, um, rise their voices rise up from the earth. Um, I don't know why, but I read it as a voice rose up from the earth, and so I thought it was like, yeah, I mean, particular voice. yeah, I mean, also, there's the like, you know, I, I'm gonna have to read reread Bloodmarked, um, before yeah. we read it or whatever. But there's also that whole part of it too, and so yeah. But I thought that that I don't where, remember the exact. And I just remember when, being like, "Dang, we got a lot like, going on." Yeah, she got a lot of magic in her because she has the bloodcraft, but that's separate from Arthur and that line, mm-hmm. right? Like that was to protect and so that's also her like really she has Arthur's line. Yeah, or, and so that's also yeah. really important here, and like. Vera says it a little bit more explicitly in like the next chapter, the chapter before, or maybe it's the end of this chapter. I'm not sure, but like this deal, um, this blood crafting deal that Vera makes with the ancestors right now is protection for her and her baby. Um, help me see the danger before it strikes. Help me resist their entrapments. Give us, which is like Vera and her line and her, like she's, I think the us in her immediate mind is just her and her baby, her unborn child. But like when she makes a deal, it's everyone. Give us the strength to hide and to fight. So this is, this is the blood crafting deal. Um, That is separate from the fact that like the unborn baby in Vera right now is the sign of Arthur and is also separate from I don't know if we know what Vera's specific craft is. It's memory walker. She's Mem- a memory she's- walker. Oh, Vera's a memory walker? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I thought they all could do that. I'm confused. But okay. But it calls her memory walker in the in the verse. It calls her that's yeah. why I think I was I, don't I think wonder you all at, do like, it. Yeah. I, oh, would, okay. I think Chris oh, is just a memory walker also. Yeah. Okay. I wonder if that like if she has a relationship with the ancestors that she's calling up right now because she's a memory walker. Like if she's been able to like have like this is like an ongoing conversation and she's calling up the ones she's already been in conversation with. Um and I also wonder if her memory walking allows her to gaze at all into the future and if that's how she knows that her baby is a girl. Yeah, that's or what I was wondering too, because she's like or something. Help me protect her. And like at this point she's what she, Three months pregnant. Three months. Um, so, and you know, they don't got no ultrasounds. 
back then. I'm like, did the ancestors tell her? Exactly. Her especially not right. It's possible because they stay one daughter at a time. So yeah. they, maybe they but that's, know. That's but just that's after she yeah. said protect. Her. No, I know I know it's after, but yeah. I'm, that's why I'm saying like maybe she did and they are, oh, yeah. you know, like she found out in that way before this this conversation. Yeah, that's but, true. I, yeah, because memory walking to me evokes like going back in the past, time. but it's time travel, but like only going one way memories but then timey wimey wibbly wobbly you know breeds memories yeah are memories but they're still in your future but if she's walking who knows who i don't knows? know but yeah so so that's what but when we talk about brie got a lot going on she has like she's a medium that's her craft she comes from a family of crafters she is also the scion of Ar- arthur which is a that blood craft from merlin and then on right. top of that, she has this blood crafting spell to protect her, um, to help her, to give her the strength to hide and to fight um, and to resist their entrapments, which I think is like really cool because it resists their entrapments in the context of where Vera is at right now. She's probably thinking about it in terms of like the dogs and getting caught, but and like you said, like she knows kind of what's going on in the, and she knows the order, but like it also stretches into like Mesmer and all of that stuff too, right? Anything that mm-hmm. can trap them, she's yeah, asking I for think, the power to resist. That's what I'm thinking on is like, I think she knows the, the reason why she ran isn't just like the typical reason to run away mm-hmm. as you're enslaved. It's also the fact that like she knows how powerful these people are and like, it's like, Oh, goodness. Um, I don't know if y'all watched HBO's Watchmen. No. So in the HBO's Watchmen, um, Regina King's character um, is close to this white family. He's like a sheriff. Um, he's like about to retire. Um, and as the show goes on, she's in his house one day and she sees a KKK uniform. And there's no way like if you're a black person who's in someone's like a white person's life especially if you're forced to serve them that you're not seeing the secrets the things that Mm -hmm. they're hiding Mm -hmm. especially if they're like they feel like that is a big part of their identity and their reputation to uphold and stuff like that so i'm feeling like like vera very much like went into her into the blood crafting thing um fully aware of like it was the last straw she could pull but she needed to pull it because she knew how strong everything was that's going to come against her mm-hmm. um and it also makes me wonder at the um i guess like ire that the um or fear or whatever that negative emotion is that the rest of the rootcraft community has against blood crafters and how much of that is lent up against like discrimination against those who pulled on this who had to pull like oh your family had to pull on the final straw to get out of safe slavery we didn't have to do that like it's like a weird mm. kind of like like you did a blood curse in order to like escape a thing like someone in your line did that and now we look at y'all in a different way because you're I not mean, supposed to do that sort of the root. But at the same see, time, it's kind like, of, right, you don't understand the circumstances under which like bloodcraft comes to be. So you're just, you're like 
against it but you don't actually know why it happened in the first place i mean i think in my head i thought of it as like they knew more about the order and that bloodcraft and that's what kind of made them afraid or like not liking it because it's not like when they find out that brie has bloodcraft or whatever that they at least patricia and mariah they don't like turn away from her they're more like oh something happened what happened you know what i mean um but but obviously those only two people yeah, they, I feel like they said like the the community itself is like we like the blood. They don't. Keeps yeah, they own. don't practice it. But I also wonder yeah. though if it's like because more of what they know about the order or other blood crafters in general, and not well, necessarily because you know what I mean. Like I feel like there it might be contextual. Like I'm sure there's some people who are like, oh, you use bloodcraft, like nah. But then folks like Mariah and Patricia who are like more nuanced. In I that. think for me, it's probably like I what I the sense I get from it is that like there are fates worse than death. And so even at the most, like, you know, like this is like a life or death situation, basically. And I think that for a lot of people in the crafting community, it's like, you just need to become an ancestor. Like you shouldn't like, you know, it's kind of like, okay, you, you have the ability to drop a nuclear bomb, but like, at what point is that actually a justifiable like choice, right? Like some choices aren't choices. And I think that like that might be at its core what the community thinks of bloodcrafting as like at what when when the time comes for you to choose, like, or when you're making this choice to like bind something to your blood, knowing what like these folks have done with that, um and knowing what the consequences are, then the only thing I can think of is like, then you should just choose death. Like, it's kind of how I feel about when it's like, you know, people talk about like the zombie apocalypse and I'm like, fighting zombie, like, I'm just gonna die. Um, No, thank you. I'm just gonna opt out. And so I think there is that, but then there's also like Mariah and um, Patricia who understand like, it happens, there's something, you know, Something happened. They made that choice, but that has nothing to do, like, not nothing to do with Brie, but, like, Brie had no say in that choice. So why would we ostracize her for something that she didn't have a say in, right? She, like, inherited the bad choice. Um, as opposed to, like, os- like Vera possibly being ostracized because she's the one who, who made that choice. Who made that, de- yeah, decision. So, uh, <clears throat> I also like just to get back to this um, so she's like the dogs are at the creek tears drop into the dirt and she says yes please bound to my blood and the answers are say a price one daughter at a time for all time and then she cries bind us to it um, they say and so it is and then a molten core of red and black sparks red and black sparks to life in her chest and it spreads as it spreads through her limbs, burning her up from the inside, she turns and sees Brie and looks at her while like all of this power is erupting all over her skin. And she wraps her hand tight around her wrist and says, this is your beginning. Um, and so then Brie starts to like go through her, through the eight generations of women from that moment. So her descendants, her foremothers, a stream of brown faces meet her one life after the next. 
angry faces, sad faces, scared, lonely, proud, tired of the sacrifice. Um, and they show her their deaths each. So she's going through and seeing the the last moments of all of her ancestors. And I can't fathom how traumatizing that is. Literally. Um, and so she says, when the furnace of power in each mother's chest passes down to her daughter, their resilience is bound to my flesh. And I, I just, wow. So then she sees her mother and her grandmother. Oh no, she sees her mother walking through campus. Um, a girl with smiling yellow eyes walks beside her. Um, they turn down a brick, a brick path talking and laughing. That sells mom. And then she mm-hmm. sees her mom behind the wheel. Um, and she's sitting in the passenger seat. This is um, as like the accident happens, just an accident. No one's fault. Her mother wraps her hand around hers and squeezes. It comes for each of us, honey. And just before the car strikes, she presses her love against her heart and it, and then fades. And then she's in the hospital and she's seeing um, her own memory with now the context of all of her ancestors. She says, I revisit my own memory with my ancestors' eyes. Through Vera, she sees her power simmering in the chest. Um, so it's like the moment in which the power transfers to Brie. And then a mesmeric memory returns in full. And she sees Sel's mom, basically, <clears throat> speaking through pain, saying, you won't remember this, but I want you to know that she was my friend. And that's where this chapter ends. And I just, it's so beautifully written. But when you stop and think about, like, in this moment, she's still in this cave with demons fighting all of the order members. Like, all of that is happening in... Oh, it's frozen. The, yeah. Like, well, she froze time to do this, but it's still, like, she has to come back. Right. That, that. But yeah, yeah, Okay, so what I'm saying is, like, she... All of this is happening, right? She's seeing her... She's seeing, like, these order members dying around her after she said no deaths. And then she gets pushed into this memory. So she's already seen, what, four people at this point died? Three people. Russ... Three. Witty and Greer. Or not, Greer still alive. Or is Greer Russ, Witty, and uh, Fitz. Fitz. Right. And Evan to an extent, but... Um, he was dead before she met him. She, yeah. True. But she hasn't um, able to process that yet. She's just no, gonna, like, no. hoard, That's... hoard out kind of brain yeah. right now. That was a callous way to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm with it. No, but you're, you're, you're not wrong. But you're right. She does have to process it. She yeah. She process that part yet. So I'm like, that's a new whore for her to come to. Exactly. Later. But so, she, so she's, she's grappling with, like, even when she's grappling with, like, Fitz's death, and she's like, no more deaths, and she immediately sees Russ and Witty die. And then she's pushed into this memory, gets some context of like traumatic context for her family, and then goes on to see eight other deaths. Some traumatic, some not, but like they are all traumatic in their own way. Like because she see them she, die, she just sees their faces. They pass her. Along. No, she sees their last moment. She says, um, 
I have passed through eight generations of women, her descendants, my foremothers. They show me each of their deaths when the furnace of power in each mother's chest passes down to her daughter. Their resilience is bound to my flesh. I don't know why they did that to her. <laughs> no. But yeah. she sees it's the moment so much that they like... die and then the moment that the power like awakens in their daughter. Yeah. And like it's so like like you're saying, like it's so much to process to then have to wake up and still have to deal with still gotta do something. Yeah, she's not like she's and been in. Yeah, she like frees this. It's time, not like, like she can process immediately. <laughs> Y'all haven't seen Loki yet. This is a light spoiler. It's not an actual spoiler. You will get there and it'll make sense to you then. At this point in time, it will mean nothing to you. You are Brie at the carnival. I am her mother. Um, the <laughs> And Loki, this pre, this like current season, there is a, a point where he, he comes and he has to like go spend time out of time in order to get the answer to an issue that he's been having. And we find out that he's been gone for centuries. And I feel like she needs, Brie needs a couple centuries before we can pull her back into all the turmoil that's going on. Yeah, like chaos. Wish we wish it were that we could give Brie Loki powers where she could go take a century to get it to gather herself and yeah. come back. It is, I just like, and then she finds out that like cell is mother is tied into like this as well. I mean, it's like these are all separate and distinct traumatic things to go through and then like piled on top of each other. And then they're all kind of connect. I mean, they're all connected, but then they're like. It's also just like the sheer amount of information. Like even if it wasn't directly connected to her and even if it wasn't traumatic, <laughs> it's a lot to take in. Like, yeah. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, it's like overwhelming yeah. on several different levels. Yes. Like the senses, the exactly. mind, like every, it's just overwhelming. And it's, it's just lot. like so crazy to me that like, and again, like I love the way that this is written and it feels very much like a, a departure from like, even just like the format and like the pace that we've been reading because it is like time has it's frozen and she's going through all of this stuff um but it's also like when you get back when time unfreezes and she goes back to the present you're right back in it and so i'm just like trying to think through how how do you adequately take in all of that information and really like process that Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're going to get all of Bloodmark where she's still trying to kind of process all of this, right? And so I do like that it doesn't feel like she's just like, oh, got it, let's go, you know? But like, in in some ways, it, she does have to be like, I mean, I guess it's great why we have some, she has so much practice compartmentalizing and having before Brie and after Brie because she's, and right. shoving her grandmother in closets because like, she's going to have to do that again and be like, I have to revisit or I have to like process all of this piecemeal. Mm-hmm. So it's just a lot. That's how chapter 54 ends. Yeah. Last episode we went and like, full on horror and she'd been giving us like dribbles of horror throughout the fantasy story and she gave us full on horror for those like good three chapters and then 
it's it could be hard to like move like she seamlessly pulled in the horror part and it could be hard to like transition like using that like maybe you like like how long you're going to stay in that section while also bringing in the fantasy while also integrating um where this character growth and story needs to develop and then she pulls it all together by taking you out of that whole format in the first place putting you in verse and then making you have to like stop and consume this um component and like it for me whenever you were talking about like the verse of it all robin i was thinking about how like isn't that kind of funny how like a lot of our memories or um some of the things that the things that are able to last like i know that physically things don't last right like and that's the sad thing about like history and uh people being separated from their kids and they having nothing to show for it like they only have those memories and those can those actually also kind of peter off and so they used to give like locks of hair and stuff like that to kind of try to like keep that memory going um but i feel like in black culture a lot of multiple so many cultures but black culture i think specifically we have a really good culture of griots and like Mm -hmm. singing and art being the thing that like maybe we can't carry anything else with us like maybe everything is gone and there's nothing left but you can remember the song you can remember uh this passage because you know it was drilled into you and so it's interesting to me that when the OG Mama Matthews, I forget what the her maiden name is, um, comes in, she like it comes in verse. It comes in something that is like you get to walk through this memory. And I wonder if she <laughs> it's also like a question of like uh, is as a memory walker, is that just her style? Like, can you have a style as a memory walker? And she's like a rhythmic, poetic uh mm. like memory walker. So she shares her memory in poems where other walkers might do it in um, with a musical instrument like it'd just be interesting to know if that's a thing but it was for me format wise um, and storytelling wise it just really hit a lot of cool notes um, and it was like again Tracy did not have to do that um, but she did and she did it very well and I think that it makes a great transition figure from like the we're still grounded in the horror because all that happened in the enslavement of uh, Vera was horrific and all the turmoil and uh travesty that the descendants of vera had to go through thereafter was very is a lot um but we're able to do it in a way that can also allows us to see the beauty of them being able to pass on something to the next woman in their line so we can go forward with brie knowing she's feeling a moment of like connection but also like devastation um and still the ongoing horror that is still in front of her eyes um, and I like that that co- all culminates here when the ancestor shows up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've this chapter is definitely the one that was like, oh, okay, this is in this is definitely one of my favorite books. <laughs> yeah, like she's like, like, like I was like, I'm enjoying myself. This is great. The twists and turns, all of this is awesome. I'm having a great time. Fun. And I read this chapter, yeah. and I was like, oh shit! Like this is actually going. a different. This is a different. <laughs> I think that's the thing too. Like I, I, I think I talked about this when I was reading the first memory walk when I was like, Yeah, I'm here and like Arthur, whatever. Cool. I'm along for the ride. And then like the first memory walk happens and I was like, oh, we're on some other shit. Like this is deeper than, you know, a, a fun romp or fun. <laughs> um <laughs> and it's gonna like make you really think. And I think that this one does that as well. It's 
I think the thing I love most about, like, if I were a crafter, I would probably want to do memory walks. I think that it's a really cool um, magic and a really powerful magic to, like, I think as someone who is always thinking about, like, and worried about whether or not I am fully understanding, like, the historical context or just the context of my surroundings and, like, um, I'm also a person, we, I was just talking about this um, with my family at Thanksgiving that like no one wants to tell things to and who is like both purposefully and accidentally kept out of a lot of like narratives about my family um, and about like certain things like I we, we had like something happen and I was like, oh, I don't know what's going on, but I I don't ask questions, but my cousin was getting a divorce and I was like, I don't know. She just said, like, I had my, like, assumption from what I could see, but I'm not going to go asking this, like, my cousin, like, why? I'm like, are you good? Are you safe? Are you, do you feel like this is going to make you or keep you happy? And then that's all I need to know. So, like, I don't really probe just because of who I am and, like, feeling weird about that. But, like, also then there are other things that I will find out that happened, um, I will find out last because like I, it's also being purposefully kept from me. And so I like the idea of, and so, but I also, I'm always like kind of worried about like whether or not I'm missing context in interpersonal relationships because of it. Um, But like, I like, so I like the idea of being able to like go back and like see that context and find that context. But I do wonder, um, in writing this book, and I know that Tracy talks about like one of the inspirations is that she lost her mother and she was thinking about what it is to like lose someone in those like kind of formative years and early years. In writing this, like, and thinking through familial context, I guess, we always talk about like, memories are not a historical record like there are some things that are like objective fact like i i feel very confident that like vera was raped by her slave master and then ran and then had to you know what i mean like but like we're seeing this through her eyes and i would love to kind of figure out or see if there is another way of um I guess like you. I guess you have to wait because not everyone in the line is a crafter. This is getting away from me. I'm sorry. This is becoming a now a thought thing. But I would love it if we could like. I, I guess I wish that like memory walking was not a specific craft and like that everyone could do it because I would be very interested in having Bree be able to go back and like into these memories from maybe like her mother's perspective and like have her mother walk her through, you know? Cause then we could kind of have a better sense of what led to her mom's, like we kind of know about her mom's anxiety, but like we could have a, like a stronger sense of like her mom's anxiety and then like what her grandmother's perceptions or how these things change them. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
bottom line, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant writing, but it also like opens up all of these doors of thoughts and and things. And then she just, yeah, she she didn't have to go this hard, but I'm glad that she did. Wizard Team is back for a new season, and with that comes a few changes. The one we're most excited about, other than reading Legendborn by Tracy Dion, is that the Patreon chat is back. Support our work by becoming a BNC baddie at any tier, and you'll be able to watch us record live weekly, have your thoughts included on the podcast, and interact with other baddies. Go to patreon.com slash blacknerdscreate to join. So then chapter 55, after seeing all of that, Vera then asks, like, now that you know all that, do you still want to fight? Um, and Bree's like, yeah, with no hesitation. She's just like, mm-hmm, yep, let's do it. Um, so then she says, or Vera says, then there is one final truth, a legacy forced, not given, a burden I did not carry. So again, just like, obviously we saw what happened, but also like, Vera was never the sign of Arthur. This is kind of where the lines converge. Converge. Um, so Bree is like, I'm ready. And Vera says, then I will release him and grant him voice. So that's the other thing too, is like, they've been talking about uh, a couple chapters ago, like why has Arthur not been called? Why is he not here yet? Right. And like everybody was sure that Nick was holding back Arthur, but in this case, Lancelot, like Nick was definitely trying his hardest not to be awakened. But in this case also, Brie has Vera who is like, has not yet, she's been keeping it locked down. Um, yeah. And so she's like, if Brie had said, no, I don't want to fight, then Vera would have been like, all right, cool. We out. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> Arthur's not, you know, he probably. Cause I think that also fight. goes into the like hide or fight. And that's mm-hmm. where like right now Vera's like, we're hiding. And then Brie says, no, I want to fight. And she's like, all I right, let's go. All right, so, then let's do it. And, and uh, I also wonder, like, is she hiding Brie from Arthur? Is she hiding Arthur from Brie? Is she hiding Brie and Arthur Sorry, from that was giving, uh That was giving Drake. <laughs> I'm oh. not hiding the, the, my kid from the world. I'm hiding my world from the kid. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking more of the Oprah. Were you silent or were you silent? Um, silent. But yeah, it's just like, and I, I think the answer might be all of the above, like, for sure. But like, it's very interesting that like, obviously Camlan hasn't been a threat in all of the lines, um, or all of Bree's ancestors. But like, I like the idea of Vera, one, taking it. It takes her a long time to come visit Brie because she's been holding it down. Holding all this down, yeah. And I mean, also, like, I would say, like, they haven't, they also haven't had, they haven't had the threat of Camelot because this is yeah. after the 1700s, right? It's, like, at least a century after. Um, and so I think it was probably easier to hold it down in that way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's just I a different... I don't want to bring up this wizard boy story, um, but I kind of I kind of think about uh, Beetle and a Bard 
and the story of death um and like the brother that got the cloak and was able to hide from death and i think this is kind of like it kind of like i kind of get the same feeling about hiding from death and hiding from the order because she knows that to alert the order of their existence is to court death and she does not she would not put the bloodcraft spell on her her lineage just to like let it all fall over because of the order so she's asking her question is very layered because it's like do you consent to be the one to face up to the order in this day and age after centuries of me holding the order back from killing off our line like you think you you can do that you think you can hold this down um and it's interesting too right because she's like it's rethinking like yeah i want to fight these demons that are in front of me in the time that have stopped but there is like not only you're gonna have to fight them you gonna have to fight they the only demons and i do think that like it's been pretty clear or like it's been uh like reinforced mm-hmm. that like the order is trash that you know what i mean like even even though like brie does sometimes get bogged down just because she's made like personal relationships with some people like there's all there's always still that like in the you know anytime you feel like you're getting a little (laughs) complacent it's like oh plus the order will like you know cut into you and see why your magic works the way that it does they're like oh you know they don't allow they're like very deep into eugenics at this point so there's you know what i mean there's always those little things to keep you remembering like no they're the villains and i also think that you know from the what was that chapter 53 i think right before vera takes her on this walk where she asks brie like why she's here like why are you fighting right and she's not saying oh i'm fighting for nick and selwyn and my friends she's like i'm fighting for my mom and i want her life and her sacrifice to have mattered um so I do like that she does hasn't really like lost the sight of that. And so then when she know when Brie or sorry, when Vera is asking, do you want to fight? Brie knows like what that means. It's also giving all my life I had to fight. And just... <laughs> <laughs> all my lines. Because that's every every I every one of our ancestors. That's just the thing. And it's like, when does it end? The cycle never ends. All my life I've had to fight. It's so All funny right. too, because when you think about the um the order and like the line is law and all of this stuff, and it's like they I like I wonder just how different life would have been if they had if William had someone that said, do you want to fight or do you want to hide? <laughs> do you want to mind your business and go be a doctor? You know what I mean? Like, they don't even they kind of get a... that cho- they, get the, they get the choice, but it's not, it's not a real choice. It's like... They don't really get a choice. Friend. Once it gets called, once you're called, you're yeah. called. No, like, and the, like, there's nine people waiting on bated breath for you to say no. If you but if you say, it. but the they thing know, is, is like, it's not, it's not, you can say no and it moves on. It's you have to yeah. die. And then it like, you don't have a choice on whether or not to be called. I, but I feel like you can, like, I know, I know that death takes those people out to get out, but I feel like, I feel like there has to be a corner. No. Like there's always a loophole. I don't, no, I don't think okay. there is in this case. Because Merlin and Arthur were wild. And his hardest. Yeah. Nick was not trying that hard. He was trying hard not to be called. Yeah, not that. that the, also, Nick just didn't want to be Nick. Nick didn't 
didn't want to buy into it. Like, uh, but again, like I think we, you know, we talked about this in like previous episodes and stuff. Like, it's a cult. They grow up thinking like this is their thing. But I, I just think that the idea of Bree getting a choice and having a say is really powerful. Um, that was, that was going to be my second point. Was that I enjoy that Vera, the woman who did not was not able to give consent to what happened to her is the first thing that comes to mind for her is to make sure she gets consent from her um mm-hmm. her descendant yeah so she she releases arthur and grants him voice um in the distance a presence rises from the threshold between worlds he calls my name all at once i become we and i first just want to say boo boo this, this man, man. Um, also, I love that it's like she releases him and gives him voice, and God damn that's it, what I'm saying. Like up. she has the power, but not even that. But like once you give him voice, like he don't shut up. He came in yelling. No. He just he be, came he's in the worst. He came Knocking in like a grumpy voice. old man. He came in like came a in wrecking like a ball. Up. Okay, Miley. Cyrus, you could have made like, him come. Whoa. You could you could have released him and not grant him voice. How about that? <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Can you do that, or is that like, make him have to mind things? This to much me. voice. <laughs> make him have to get a tablet and write things down for me to have to communicate with him. Something because my just overpowering. He's the worst. So then now she's back uh, in the present in in the present day. Um, says we are in the cave again. We take one step and we are already at the stone. We grasp the ancient hilt, warm under our fingers. We pull Excalibur free. Um, a couple of things. One, that's fucking lit. Like, I just, I'm sorry. Yeah. Reading that and being like, oh shit. <laughs> she got <laughs> Excalibur? is dope. Um, but also, this, and in the next chapter, having read, like, because this is the first time I've read it, this book now having read Bloodmarked, the, like, foreshadowing in this chapter and the next one and the next one um it just was making me really upset that's all i <laughs> in the way that, like again the i become we and so now it's like brie isn't fully in control of herself she's not you know what i mean and also like i mean i guess well i'll pause i'll wait till we actually see him when we get in the next chapter um before i go all the way in my analysis but um, yeah no i was just gonna say though i like i literally was like i'm gonna have free blood march today i'm gonna have to start it yeah when we finish this when we finish the uh book i'm gonna reread it (laughs) i was like i just have to keep going because and like i reread wow legendborn before reading blood marked um I didn't, but it's also different, like doing reading it for Wizard Team. You just get a lot, like you get so much deeper than just like okay, I'm reading it to refresh my memory on the like events (laughs) that occur. Whenever we read stuff for Wizard Team too, I'm always like, why do I not read like this all the time? Because it's slow, and my brain is like, why to the next scene? But also, like, I'm like, there's so much happening. Yeah. Oh my god, was all of this happening the whole time? <laughs> so, I, yeah. So, at the end of 55, we pull out Excalibur. In 56, um, the moment that Brie raises Excalibur, the sword sings in her hand, hungry for war. And I'm like, aren't things bad enough without, 
like Excalibur having a bloodlust. Right? Where are we? And I think that this is like one of those weird things too where like Excalibur is its own piece of magic like separate from what like she has with Arthur and Vera and the and the blood crafting and stuff like they, we already said like in the earlier chapters like the demons are kind of attracted because Excalibur is such this like weapon of power object of power but it's also one of those like objects I don't know I really love um, I don't know if you ever watched the show Warehouse uh, 51 Warehouse 13 13. Yeah, I've watched Thirteen, where they like season and a half or so. Yeah, I love that show. Shout out to old school sci fi network. Um, but so in Warehouse Thirteen, they had these things that they were artifacts, and basically like something magical happened, and it, it like births this artifact. But then the as the artifact like exists and is like magical, then it begins to take on more and more power, and it has it, like its own kind of like sentience, and it and the magic kind of grows outside of. Um, the the event that like sparked it be that that turned it into a magical object to begin with, and so Excalibur definitely has that where it's like generating its own power and its sheer existence is like kind of making it its own separate thing. But at like the thing that made Excalibur Excalibur is like Arthur and Merlin, and that bloodlust is like from there and then has just been kind of like simmering for centuries. So it is we- it's really wild to think that like the moment she touches, she says, it stings hungry for war. Like the moment it is pulled out of that stone, it's like, oh, we about to party. It's on. And like, yeah. that's crazy. I'm like, it's a blood, like it's, I wrote it in my notes as like, <laughs> much like it's colonizer in chief, like it's crazy, <laughs> it's a bloodlust. And I'm, cause yeah. that's, you can't tell me that's not the frame of mind that all like the, and I don't, I don't like the word conqueror because it makes it sound like, like they're a hero or like some kind of like. Or that the people were conquered good. and like, there's no. Yeah, like there was no actual, yeah. yeah. So I like so for the like Acosta colonizers until we have a better term for how genocidal they are. Um, I like all that, like all of the reason that went behind so much of the genocide was bloodlust. It was just straight up murder, murder, kill, kill. They have like grander designs, like oh, they wanted to profit off of the murder, murder, kill, kill. But that was their like how they. Uh, framed their minds in order to get through it all was what straight up let us yeah mm-hmm. it's also really scary to think that like had Brie not that not that it's thank god it's not easy to stumble upon Excalibur but like had Brie in the course of like infiltrating the order stumbled upon Excalibur and pulled it out like what would you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if she can pull it out until she's called, though. At least that's that what was, I kind of understood. That's where my interest was. Because yeah, I think I that's like, why, like, I think that they, or uh, Davis brought Nick down there, both oh, so to, like, he would be hoping that it and... would help 
can be called, but not so that like he couldn't pull Excalibur until until he was awake. He was awake. But yeah, no. The order is just villainous. Yup. We're about to get to Sinister, and now I have words for Sinister. But anyways, um, the blades Aether rockets up Bree's arm and slices through her consciousness, which make, brings her back to herself. So not only is the blade bloodlusting, the bloodlust also brings her back to life, back to reality <laughs> of what's happening in this cave. And um, it's interesting because the center diamond at the pommel um sees red root rise and bleed until the stone shines like a heart blood so both her root and the arthur of it all is like like folding together um in this moment and she is not quite like taking those apart she's just like fit like it's all happening to her at once um and then she notices that there's engraved letters on both sides of the hilt, the actual sword that says, take me up, cast me away. Um, and that's whenever flames of blue and red ignite and swirl around her body and Arthur's armor builds and strips stripes and layers until it gleams like metal on her shoulders. And when she looks at an Excalibur, her, her reflection, her eyes are crimson. So demon time, but it's Arthur. Bloodless, it's like both. She's getting the yeah. She's getting the like the blue the armor, but she also got her own magic and it yeah. It's lit. also demon time, but it's Arthur is like an oxymoron because Arthur is a demon. He is a demon. Yes, <laughs> in the like not I in just, the literal sense. But shout out to DJ spiritual. Um, yeah, not in the literal sense, but in the spiritual sense. But also like shout out to DJ because uh, at tail spinning DJ. T-A-L-E on the socials. I think that's where she is on all socials. Just ask her what she feels about Arthur because she will give you, it'll be poetry. Talk about the last couple chapters. It'll be a poetic smackdown. But <laughs> I didn't, I was like, ooh, Arthur is gross. I didn't realize how venomous the reaction to Arthur was in our community until I was reading Bloodmark and I went back through those. Well, yeah, I didn't, yeah, threads, I didn't I was think like, oh, much he about goes, him. I think he goes and harder I, in blood marks, and yeah. for that reason, we are able to be like f him all. The way. <laughs> well, that and also like it's so for me reading Legendborn the first, and I would say like second time, just because again I read the first, I read it the second time to read Bloodmark. Like I didn't have any particular feelings about Arthur. I think that I saw like. I mean, like, it'll, it happens at the end of the chapter, but when he's, like, demanding fealty and, like, that kind of stuff, I was like, okay, he's a little, he's very big-headed. He's like, you know, I'm the king, capital K, whoop-de-whoop. And so I was like, not really messing with him, because I just don't mess with people like that, but I didn't really, like, go that deep into it. And then after reading Bloodmark and then coming back and reading this chapter, I'm like, oh, no, fuck him, for a lot of it's other really reasons, just, too. Like, you know what like, I mean? Ooh. Like, it just kind of, like, shifts the perspective a little bit because mm -hmm. of... Like, and we know, do only get moment. like this short amount of time with him right so. it's not a lot of time obviously they're fighting demons so it's not like you know but there are parts of it um where particularly where he's like taking over her movements yeah. and stuff and like when you read it the first time it's kind of like okay in some ways it's good because 
she doesn't really know what she's doing. We already know it's pretty well established that Brie can't really fight all that well. So like, if you're just reading it from that lens of like, okay, she's got this new power, Arthur's here and he's helping her like navigate this fight as opposed to thinking of it as like, no, he's literally taking her will away and like using her limbs, um, which is a foreshadowing for some shit that I can wait to get to. <laughs> glad we're gonna have a while before we get there (laughs) um but yeah it's just a different perspective i think and um yeah i mean he's the worst and i mean again we've also seen other like mentions of him and just like the way that they set up this system of the order to begin with is trash so it's not like i never came out of legendborn liking arthur but i don't think it was as uh venomous visceral i think as it is now knowing more of like knowing that the more you know yeah speaking on arthur and the things he does in this chapter let's try to get through some of those yeah um so before we get there though because this a-hole will not sit down uh dud davis yells and tells everybody to stop brie and everybody looks at him and then looks at Brie because this is like a tennis match. <laughs> right. And they do not comply. Their eyes actually are on the sword in her hand. Cause right, nobody because nobody gets that stone, that sword out of the stone, including Nick. And then here comes Brie with the sword in her hand. I guess I think do too, love like, that it's that one of those like... things where I, I don't even know if they all because even like we'll see like Tor is upset about it later or whatever has her little racist moment but in that moment everyone is confused right like it's not like if you're telling me to attack this girl presumably because she was able to take up Excalibur but the fact that she's able to take up Excalibur and has all of this like and was definitely just awakened right now like why would I be listening to you that's clearly the king but also are we supposed to listen to her because she just got here so there's a lot to like process um in that moment and so i like that they all kind of just stand there for a second and they're like uh what, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> what? um our cell uh, locks eyes with brie from where he stands on the water below an impossible mixture of emotions on his face and we're going to see throughout this chapter both he and nick are described of having so many emotions running through their faces that brie's not able to pick up on what's happening with them mm-hmm. um and also got to bear in mind how much is going on in Bree's mind that she's just not able to process everything right, right. now either. It's just, the, like, um, I think Bree, like, not to not to have, like, overwhelmed Olympics. Bree is definitely at the top, <laughs> but everyone else is also, you know. I was just fair. thinking about this that. a lot um, going on. <laughs> that uh, imagine how tired we are type of thing. Oh, you're overwhelmed? Mm-hmm. Imagine how overwhelmed Bree is, right? But, like. Right. But also not to discount the being to discount and that confused because this shit is confusing. <laughs> a lot a lot is happening yeah. um, I also think it's really like I like the one thing I've always liked about like Excalibur and like things kind of like that is like how vi- and Molnir same thing like how visually the confirmation is like it's a visual confirmation of like you cannot tell me to go after this like you can't trick me you cannot trick me <laughs> into going after this uh, uh going after Brie when she's like I'm looking at her holding the sword. And so that's like a confirmation, no matter what my brain is trying to tell me or what like all you're trying to say or whatever, like. It's the, it's also the like 
conditioning, right? Like again, yeah, cult, right? So it's all this stuff you've been taught. It's not only it's it, and it's also it's all stuff that you've been taught, kind of like battling it out, right? Because mm-hmm. you at this point have been trained to listen to the Davis and his commands because he was is like you know Arthur's liege or whatever. Um, but at the same time, you've been taught the line is law. <laughs> And clearly, this is the head of the line. <laughs> so, yeah, crazy. So Bree can feel um, only Arthur's presence at this point, um, and she feels like his possession is not like Vera's or her grandmother's. And it's like also they would ask you for consent, and we're about to see that he does not play consent. Um, Just like a white man, fashion true like he's like an archetypical <laughs> colonizer at this like he really he is the prototype anyways um he jerks up Bree's arm leveling Excalibur at Davis <laughs> and then I think also I think also I in reading like this before Bloodmark I was like yeah do what you gotta do Arthur because this is <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing because he really thought and Arthur's right in her body. Like, I can't... Anyways. I'm uh, laughing because I'm thinking about, do you, like, weekend at Bernie's or and they're just, like, like Brie just being pulled or... What is the, I'm trying to think of another puppet? funny... Just, like, a puppet. Yeah, but, like, just, like, I'm trying to think... Like, there's another... Um, Iconic. Scarecrow, Michael Jackson. Bye-bye-bye. No, I'm more ghost Michael Jackson when he, like, but oh, that's that, the dude. yeah, and it's moving like moving limbs when they're like, and Bree's face is like visibly confused, but like Arthur's like inside being like, I got this, you know what I mean? Like, it's like the internal turmoil and what that looks like externally. Mm-hmm. Like, does Bree look confused while she's throwing this, or horrified as she's like thrusting the sword at him? Like, what's going on? Yeah. So even more disconcertingly, uh, she can both hear her voice and Arthur's booming baritone coming out of her own mouth and throat. As it says, traitor, you levy war against the crown, lure our enemies into innocent blood, and now you dare rally my knights against me. And um, so now... Another David, confirmation, though, that Bree is definitely Arthur. Yeah. Yes. And now Dud Davis stricken by the facts in front of him is shaking his head and muttering no and no over and over again and then as he's mumbling these denials he's also stumbling and falling into water and scrambling like a rat out of one of the tunnels he has a stage left yeah uh and then uh arthur is ready to go ham because he's going to the edge of the island full of fury and as he escapes and says, you will not go unpunished. And then the next thing, <laughs> the next Davis she hears is Nick, who is who asks who says her name. And she feels Arthur turn her body until she faces Nick. And he he's standing with his hand half raised to shield his eyes from her light. Um, 
and she says that our eyes meet across flames of red and blue, which are on her body. She wants to cry. She wants to scream. But Arthur is in control of her voice and body. Mm-hmm. And even though he uses her eyes, he does not see Nick at all. What he says is, my brother, Lancelot, my right hand, Kemlon has come. Bro. Insanity. It's crazy. I also wonder, and I don't remember if we've talked about it yet or not, um, like the way in which Arthur is able to kind of take Brie over, if that, because obviously that's not the case for the rest of the Scions. They get the powers, but it's not like they get possessed. Um, And obviously we don't know about the last awakened Arthur Scion because it was so long ago, but I'm, it feels like the reason he's able to do all this is because she's a medium. It um, is. It they they say like bloodcraft. Okay, I couldn't remember. Um, but so it just makes it even like worse, right? It's like you don't just get his do. wisdom and his like power. You now you also literally get him for the low low price of I don't know three ninety nine. <laughs> Your family's <laughs> magical powers. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I'm not gonna here and say that he's not racist but i just think that i feel like he would have done this anyway because he could yeah if he if somebody like, else had that power, else like, had... i'm saying he's racist because he actually no, he's absolutely racist and oh no yeah and I, I, he no what i'm but saying, i think I'm robin saying, saying not... her him possessing her the way that he is isn't because she's black it's because if he had that much leeway he would have taken it regardless Sure, but I'm saying he doubly so because he doesn't think that anything that she does as a woman or a black person is going to be any better thought than what he knows to do. Yes, he knows and best. also I'd say too, like, I think this is the, again, he doesn't realize or understand that it matters that he's in the body of a black woman. Yeah. No, he doesn't care. Um, Which is hilarious too, like, that part I'm excited to read. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that, like, he, not, it's not hilarious that he doesn't care, but it's it's funny to think about the fact that, like, you only, you only have this power because she's a Black woman, and yet you feel even more entitled to, like, abuse this power because she's a black woman you know what i mean colonizer like, mentality yeah colonizer mentality it's it's wild arthur sucks i don't know if you guys have caught on yet but <laughs> we have a whole nother book in which we can really delve deep into how much this man sucks nick's eyes go round uh everyone is again reeling at the concept that nick is he was has been called because he has he's been called but he did not get called by Arthur. And that's because Brie is Arthur Scion. Mm-hmm. And suddenly, to like interrupt this realization, here comes the chorus line. Um, and a screeching, grating laugh is giving me the sound from TikTok. And suddenly, a screeching, oh gosh, I was like, I'll pull up that sound. Um, grating laugh echoes back from the cavern ceiling. And all of them turn and realize that Roz and his army of demons are prowling the banks. There's an hellbear, imps, foxes, and hounds that are waiting for his command. The nerve of this demon to, <laughs> to say, be racist? 
to say, as a demon who has been called an abomination his whole Bro. life, to utter Bro. and exclaim and proclaim abomination upon Bree. Insanity. It's honestly wild. I'm just like, how do you... First word this demon uttered once everyone realized what was happening. Like, please pick a struggle. It is... Can we not get a break from this at all? Ever? It all it it all has to come back to this. Every every day, Brie has to go through a racism. Like, Like, just... Yeah, you're a demon. Who are you talking to? That's what I'm saying. Like, what the heck? You get, you are a demon. You've been called an abomination every day of your life, and you got oh, oh, oh. So he his face listens to a wicked grin, so he thinks it's fun. But an Arthur, just the same. And then the demons yell, yip, roar, and scream—a war cry from the underworld. Now he, David said, get her. Dud said, get her. The demon is saying, kill her. And now, all of the beasts are surging forward. Arthur, not Bree, Arthur in Bree's body, raises his caliber high, and in the dir voice, he shouts, to me, my knights, basically the OG Avengers Assemble, before Avengers yeah. Assemble could be birthed. To me, was to me with the me. war command, is Bro, to me. Be serious. I also, like, it's funny because obviously again like Raz has seen Breach fight so in his head he's like okay you get a couple you got a little power that don't really mean nothing if you can't really fight but it's like clearly she's been speaking with Arthur's voice still even after the original awakening so it seems like she got a little bit more like you're very confident that you're going to be able to kill Arthur uh you're not taking in this new information I also feel like but it's like they, I don't know that like, he would know that. Like, it's not like this yeah, is something that like happens. He, they haven't seen an Arthur in centuries. Like, how would they know? how And they haven't seen an, an, a Thion be like is. literally possessed by their knight. But they wouldn't know that. They wouldn't know that this is a full possession. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I'm saying. Like, he, yeah, she's speaking like Arthur, but he, he's seeing Bree. You know, so right? He's like, still thinking like, yeah, you know, still same old. Because even afterward. Well, we'll get there. But yeah. well, she has explained to the to the rest of the order like what actually was going on. Mm-hmm. I just want to take this moment to talk about how the Power Rangers really <laughs> set expectations for how I thought things are supposed to happen, and uh, when it comes to like, I guess, like being an active like teenager in a like a fantasy story and this does not disappoint in this section because suddenly Bree, who knows not how to fight nor gymnast gymnast is not um is vaulting over in the air over a moat <laughs> it gives and- me uh i know we've already talked about thor but it's giving me the bring me thanos moment in uh infinity war when he lands in wakanda and then he jumps up into the sky that's what's yeah. giving to me for me it was giving it was giving me i'm trying to think of like the picture that was in my head when i saw it initially because it's giving me like like a black widow like gymnast like flip 
over something and then like fall and then land in a three point pose or whatever that <laughs> wanted for. that's what it was giving me because right as she as she's like bolting over everyone um the legend born starts sprinting um with their weapons race too and then Breeze will overpowers Arthur's and then she goes back on standing on her whole no more deaths line and so she uses her roots to build a wall to keep the legendborn from fighting in this demon battle which they've been training their whole lives to do <laughs> but I get it she's been traumatized by the deaths that she just saw for other legendborn who was trained their whole lives mm-hmm. to be this fight and so she Arthur's like, oh, we're gonna go in. This is what I'm used to do. And she's like, no, actually, we're not. Because you might be okay with death because you know that they will just reanimate uh well we your people, because your people are bound to you and they will come back. Right. I, my people, like I know these people and I don't want to see them more death today. And so that's like the and he's like, I mean, I guess. <laughs> He's like, right, he's like, he's like, he's like, I got battle plans. I got, ba- I got, I'm, I've reawoken from centuries yeah. of dormancy. Like, I'm ready to fight, and whatever floats your boat. And so, as long as I get to fight, I don't care. I just came to your fight. Let's be honest. Uh, exactly. <laughs> it's oh, either like empathy. I mean woman he doesn't even, he doesn't even take a moment yeah. to dwell he doesn't take a moment to dwell on that at all he's just like fight yeah. I'm fine. Just, okay cool fight fight let's fight um he doesn't argue he calls ether to create a heavy solid shield that gets strapped to Bree's left forearm and then they get to work um and i i, I love that as a phrase sometimes <laughs> like when they're like we just go to work and i'm like yeah. you know what yeah that's right go in go in um and so the beats converge on them um arthur is like using excalibur to take out imps left and right um they're small and they're able to like get around the shield and so she's having troubles with that she's also having troubles with like roots it's crackling in her ears and like it's alive and it wants to burst out too um and when she screams flame pours out of her mouth in a rolling ball and explodes into an imp's face it shrinks burns and bursts yeah, I was gonna say dragon. There's smoke everywhere, and then a second imp pulls up and away. So it doesn't even want the smoke, literally. Yeah. And Bree <laughs> <laughs> uh, then uses Arthur's strength to jump, and then spears a third imp through the belly. And then she hears a roar in the mist, and a paw strikes her like concrete in the face, uh, crushing her nose and jaw pressing her down and suffocating her. She flows with a sword and um, she's having trouble breathing when Arthur says, drop the sword. So this is the moment where it's like, I could, we could totally see, and I definitely did like the first time reading this, like y'all were saying, like, take it as like, she surrenders to Arthur because she's like, oh, I don't have this battle strategy. <laughs> and so right. right now she's trying to use a sword. She's like, I don't know how to use this sword in this moment. I'm about to die. I cannot breathe. And, and like, if Arthur was if Arthur wasn't a piece of shit, like yeah. they could actually work together well. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. have like having that that give and take and like passing off like, okay, I don't have expertise in this, so you got it. And like it could actually work well, but he is want, who he, he is. He is not for coexistence. He is for taking Domination. over. Domination. Domination. Yeah. So Conquest. He drops the sword and then Arthur 
pushes her left shoulder back and then heaves her shield edge into the bone and muscle of the hell bear that she's fighting. Um, which I think is the biggest thing. These bears, man. The hell bear is crazy. But also, isn't this like this is like when you wish that she wouldn't have put her knights behind a thing? Because who's the person with the bear? Isn't isn't that? No, they got a lion. They don't have a bear. They have a lion. Oh. You see him fighting with a grizzly bear? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh my god. <laughs> no, I'm really about to. Oh no. Help the bear. Don't help the bear. Help the bear. Help the bear is crazy. Because, to be fair, that's really what's about to happen right now. Yeah, so. no, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, with the digging shield technique, the bear is now roaring in pain. Metal is hitting bone. Um, and Arthur's strength is more than Bree can imagine. So even if this, as this hell bear is, like, swiping and slashing her left shoulder where she starts to scream, um, Arthur is still able to yank Bree back off the bear, flip her stomach down on the ground to grab Excalibur, and then roll back in time to smash the blade against the uh, hounds that came after her after her wound opened up, and then also get assistance from uh, Cell the King's Mage, because who's the king and who's the mage? Thank you. No (laughs) questions. And he throws his spear through the shield that she constructed, um, and into the um, hound, the second hound that you didn't see um, as she was going through it with the bear and the other hound. And then he leaps um, from rock to bank by her head. And then while still eyeing the hell foxes with the ball of ether already blooming in, his, in both of his palms, he says, do not ever do that to me again. Bro. And, She's and like, the thing is, the question is, what? Do what? You mean, like, stop you from fighting? Or do you mean, like, scaring you really bad? Do you mean, do you mean keeping, me the... away, keeping you away from me? You know? Not giving you the chance to be close to me? Is that what you there, mean? There are so many ways to interpret the them, and they're all great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, yes. So, before she can respond... Uh, she hears a high-pitched whiz that goes by her ear, and that is Tor's arrow uh, going and striking a fox in the throat. All the rest of the Legendborn stream forward, as they were trained to do. Weapons drawn and take out the, the hell demons. And That's probably redundant, but whatever. Demons. Uh, and then they she springs to her feet, but her right arm can't take the weight of Excalibur. And this is where I have a moment for all left-handed people. I am standing on the soapbox. How dare you use this word for us? Can I be sinister? Perhaps, but not because I'm left-handed. That is just discrimination. Yeah, what is that phrase? That is an old-timey phrase. Yeah, like left-handed people are the devil. People. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That's why, like, we... Because in my head, reading it, when you go switch to sinister, like, to me, that sounds like... Like sinister mode, game. yeah. Like it sounds like, or what's it called? Like kill mode. And yeah, like, that's what this sounds like to me. I'm like, this feels like a video game, but no, that's wild. That's why um us left-handed folks have a shorter life expectancy because because they used to kill us off. A right supremacy. 
wild. Mm-hmm. But also because I mean, I knew that, guys, but I didn't know. Yeah. Scissors. How many scissors? How many scissors? You know? Yeah. Don't be me, an anemic left-handed person who was bleeding from. Don't be, don't be me, an accident-prone left person who does not, who should not be picking up certain things, but does anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's hard out here. It's hard. All right, it's but we survive and we thrive. We thrive. You, you, y'all are survivors. Y'all not going to We'll keep on surviving. <laughs> um, I just wanted to get that soapbox. Thank you, fellow independent people. I know you're with with us. I'm with on you. This. F that sinister stuff for us being left-handed. Can I be? Perhaps. But not because I'm left-handed. That's the, <laughs> that's the thing. So, and Brie is confused. As far as she, the, she said, I ain't never heard of that before. For yeah. why? But now she's ambidextrous, so that's cool. And when they're trying to be, and they're trying to be quick right now, so now you're using this, like, old, out-fashioned, old-dated, like, freaking information, and it's throwing us off our game, making us slower in our freaking combat because you are using terms that are freaking um, discriminatory. 1,200 years old, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep that. I don't know so, what you're talking about, dude. Sir. <laughs> so, she tosses a scalibur to her left hand, and then she feels a familiarity there, so that's where the ambidextry comes in. Uh, the bear pounds towards her, gone berserk with pain, Cell meets it first with two daggers extended, and then Raz uses that opportunity because he had the bear as a distraction and setup um, to try to come at her. But here's the thing: now that she's got the sword in her left hand and her bloodcraft is on alert, um, that demon stuff that he was about to try to pull does not work out for him. That's not so good. it's not it's not happening. So he, she's able to spear Raz through his broken ribs. And because she has Arthur's strength, she's able to push the blade forward and in. Oof. Like Oof. deep. Yeesh. Demon time is over. It's done. It's past. Deaded. <laughs> and Raz uh, claws at Excalibur, but the blade bites into the demon's hands. She, so this is where I'm like, now, now why are we doing kebabs? Like, Brie, I just... <laughs> I, she was getting her revenge. She said, "I'm." I was gonna say it was the callback to what he did to Pitt, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, to Witty. Witty. I thought yes. it was Fitz when he. Although Fitz also got skewered, thing. but Fitz got yeah. skewered, but that wasn't like by a sword. True. Yeah, but it was also that it's it's skewering. So if Kabat was Kabat, yeah, but I think okay, yeah, no, but I think she was specifically like trying to stab him the way that he stabbed Witty. Yeah. Either way. Um, it's kebab, again, kebabbing time. Yeah. So, kebabbing uh, time is crazy. <laughs> kebabbing time. It's I, what's hilarious. You will pay for your crimes. Okay. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> um, she watches uh, the demon laugh in his own death, a joyous sound that crashes. No, she laughs with the uh, Arthur laugh. Um, and it soars over the cries of uh, the dying demons and makes Cell and the Legendborn turn and watch us. Raz croaks, what are you? And then three voices pop out in her head and they say in a booming chorus, I am a medium born from the earth. I am blood crafted, born from the resilience. I am Arthur, 
Awakens. Gross. The first two. I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> but that last one. You know, if you gotta be Arthur Awakened, you Arthur Awakened, but here we are. It was I <laughs> I I took the liberty of uh hearing Awakened and all these things. Like it's giving I'll get there, but I was like destiny fulfilled. <laughs> The uh, very special deluxe version that you can mm-hmm. pick up with Destiny's Child. Yes. Um, death means nothing. Killing me won't stop what's happening. There's the other of us in your mist, Raz. Uh, Raz. And he's... <laughs> Tracy's Rompidus, stilling on the sword. Like, he's, like, on the sword still, and he stills. <laughs> Just... <laughs> <He's> Portia... <laughs> I know he's a demon, but damn. <laughs> <laughs> that level of laughter. He's speared his like a kebab. And he's still, like, he's, he's, he's telling, still talking yelling, mess. He's, he's still talking, talking shit. He's been the talking shit. He's still in the air, held up by this young woman as a kebab stick. <laughs> I, just, I just, I'm so, okay. So, uh, he says, the line of Morgaine is rising. And Arthur answers, let her line rise. We will rise against it. Raz then growls deep in his throat. His eyes roll back and then he collapses inward, melting around the sword until all that's left is a slimy stream. And so that yeah. I say, yuck. Disgusting. Why? Um, and she stands there, her sword still raised, chest heaving and blood thundering through her veins. As all eyes on her, Nick, Cell, Greer, everyone's bloody and panting. They have blood and ichor covering their faces and torn clothes, piles of insult dust all around them. And she is lowering Excalibur, feels like exhaustion, um, all of the power that she's just taken through her body, Vera's, Arthur's, and her own. And she feels like it's too much. Again, the overwhelm is hitting her. Her vision blurs, the cave spins. And Nick and Cells uh, step towards her as if th- like they're going to catch her before she falls. And she thinks, maybe now that it's over, I'll let them. And that gives triangle Aww. things. We're, we're, we're looking forward to that, right? No, yeah. no. Because we don't Arthur. Get to. We don't get nice because things. Because Arthur. No. We can't, yeah, no. Why would you do that? Because Arthur is Arthur. And it's never over for Arthur. It was only over when he was dormant. Now that he's awake, please try putting him back in his cage. For what? Ugh. He won't do it. You shouldn't have gave him voice. Should not. So he seizes her up like a puppet without warning and turns her to the legend born in the cave and then roars. Have you not been entertained? <laughs> 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 he actually actually he actually roars has it been so long do you not kneel for your king she gasps Bree is gasping at right. what Arthur just said at her throat <laughs> there's complete silence you gotta chill bro and uh, she's just like this is not who I am this is not what this is what is going on and he keeps going. He says, I had to destroy these monsters. 
Oh no, Bree in her, in her head is yelling at him. I had to destroy these monsters and we did. But this is not about demons. This is about you. What he's saying, what he's doing is about mm-hmm. him instead of being about what everyone was in this crowd for. But he is a leader by demands, not by actually gaining trust of the people. No. So even though Bree is over trying to fight his will, he will not yield, not on this. And he demands obeisance he demands homage and deference especially after uh dud's public portrayal Mm. and thankfully no one moves she thinks until someone does and she whispers no but it's happening anyway and again here comes cell the king's mage i'm not gonna say them because i'm I'm gonna mispronounce the the uh scottish version of this but he says the line is law welsh (laughs) Here I am. I'm over here stuck on Dud Davis going to Scotland. Okay. He <laughs> says, the line is law, but in Welsh. Um, dropping to one knee and bowing his head deep. And then another voice rises and it's Sarah's. And she says the same. And then one by one, everyone around them kneel to their king and slash Bree. Except for Tor, hater in chief. Racist phenomenon who was so proud of their most diverse class. Mm-hmm. Now she's like, dang. Mm. When I said boss. diverse, I wasn't talking about mm, all this. Now. Mean all this. I wasn't talking about having more power than I got. Like I was already having trouble with Felicity leading a charge while I was. Out of <laughs> she my was. Body. I'm third ranked. Like, girl, shut up, girl. Get. <laughs> so it's not one. Tor stands still, shock and fury, shaking her frame, locking her racist legs into place. <laughs> and Arthur roars at her insubordination, but Reed says she don't care. F that. F that. There's a couple different things there, but F that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Bree turns to Nick pleading, but there's nothing he can do. Uh, his ocean eyes, when I mentioned that she says that Bree, that uh, Nick and Cell are hard to read in this chapter. This is one of those moments. Um, she calls his eyes kaleidoscopes of emotion, turning so fast that she can't read them. And then he says, the line is law in Welsh again. And on the final word, his voice cracks and the despair slashes through his features like lightning. And then a smile. So he's small, worried, and sad. And <laughs> Poor Pookie, you thought you were king, but it's actually me. The person that I also think come that he... order. Yeah, but I also don't know that he... No, I don't think the despair is because he's not king. Yeah, I think it's like, oh, I really didn't want you to be like... I don't know that they've had enough time to process. I don't know. I, I, think, I, I don't, I don't know that they've had enough time to process, but I don't think I it's think because it's I'm not king, because he hasn't wanted that in the first place. And now he's also awakened. But he thought away. he was also, he's always been groomed to expect that that was a thing. And it's hard to expect the thing and not to have emotions about not having that thing come to fruition. Sure. I think See, that that's, me, I think, I'm not saying it's not part of it, but I think the, whatever that thought was, I think it goes away really quickly. Like, I think he has a thought and then he's more like, And oh, that's what shit, I'm saying. I think it's just is. a moment of him not fully processing and he's just yeah. going through the emotions. He's not fully had a moment for it. But I think right. that is one of the things. Because it's definitely something that he's going to have to process. Like, yeah, on top of his own fear for, like, Brie being the, um, like, you know, the situation that Brie is in. Because I think, yeah. you know, they also know 
clearly Taurus in there, not kneeling. So it's not like, oh, everything's cool now because you're Arthur. Yeah. She's going to let the face. Um, so finish all this off. Um, Bree responds, no. He says, it's okay. She says, please don't. But he falls to one knee anyway and bows until she can no longer see his face. And Bree is screaming at Arthur saying, this is not what I wanted. I don't want this. And he responds in Welsh. Nobody cares voice, what you want. <laughs> well, that's too damn bad. Mm-hmm. So that his his answer responds is a response to her and every legendborn who is present. And he says, they that would be a leader, let them be a bridge. And sir, what do you know about a bridge? Because mm. this whole time you've been trying to command and control. There's what's, Where is the bridge building? Mm. The Between him and Bree. <laughs> And that, again, that is command. That is domination. He's not trying to... Where's the bridge? I'm saying the bridge in the sense of, like, crossing and not in the sense of uh, togetherness. Yeah. (laughs) Like, crossing into her body to then use it. not many lines, (laughs) yeah. Uh, So, uh, his spirit subsides until she's in herself again. She feels bereft, empty, and buzzing with power. She plunges the scalibur back into its stone um, as if it could seal Arthur there. Um, and so it's so funny that she's like, she's barely interacted with this entity and she's already ready to cast him away and seal him away. She's she's done. Um, but she also has a realization as she's like barely keeping her consciousness together um, and it's that the legendborn who bowed before her will remain so until she releases them because that's who she is. She's that girl. <laughs> so the last thing she does before she collapses is say, rise. Woo. Wild. It's too much. It's so much. So many emotions and things to process and also like physical ailments because <laughs> <laughs> folks we're just fighting demons and William's not even in the room like William's Literally. out with uh with Alice, Alice right now yeah so he's not even been able to like patch people up as they go they are just flowing and also he definitely felt uh Arthur awaken what uh no 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 oh the- uh Witty's death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All right. So, who is your MVP? Looks unanimous. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I said Vera. I I think <clears throat> when you read it, and I I have these like mixed feelings about Vera. I think that they come from Bloodmark, but I'm also like I need to definitely reread Bloodmark again but like when you read that um memory walk it's like she did the best that she could under really dire circumstances to protect her and her line and her unborn child and also like thinking about like the consent especially after we just heard or read about arthur just while and all up in Bree's body like she did not ask for any of this like it was all like she's like a victim of extreme violence and then has to kind of like uh, on multiple levels, right? She, she's enslaved. She is raped. She is uh, like 
threatened and and then like chased and so I mean just talking about like everything that Brie has to process and learning this like Vera did not have much time to process any she's like three months pregnant realizing that she has to run to save her life and her child's life and then has to process like the choices that she has with like and the um and uses what she has or what she knows to make the best decision for her and her baby and so and then also yeah. gave gave Brie the choice and consent to unlock this hell <laughs> Just also kiss Bree's forehead as she bit her. I was gonna, like, she left yeah. She leans mm-hmm. in and says, "I love that part when she when she leaves to or when she gives let's go of Arthur." She like leans in and kisses her. Um, the last thing she can pass. The, hopefully, you know what would be great is if um, Vera actually put in like a safeguard, and that kiss was the transfer, and like mm. Bree can tap into that and be like, "Shut up, Arthur." Yeah, <laughs> my mama, my yeah. mama Vera said, "You can shut the keep your mouth shut." She said, "Here we are." Arthur is truly um, atrocious, the worst. Um, yeah, I also made Vera my MVP for all the reasons stated. Um, Same benched. I think we are also a unanimous fuck Arthur and his line as a record label set and crew. Um, honestly, if you f with them, then f you too. <laughs> the only thing I can say sure. is that, like, Nick, you're you're on notice, but you got a little bit of like, but you're on notice. You know. Well, he's not Arthur's line, so that's funny. So I guess the that is, is oh. Too. I want to. Yeah. I want to know about I that. Said, how that family meeting is gonna go? I want to know how the bro like, for the real Reynolds, to be like. Oh, how, how do we miss this? You're actually a Reynolds, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you're actually a Reynolds is crazy. And the poor Reynolds also, again, kid that in one like Reynolds, the northern chapter is like literally. What the hell was I doing all this for? Um, Reynolds in a northern chapter is like, what's going on? And mm-hmm. then never be a uh, dud is over there. Like, am I a Reynolds? This whole time I was a Lancelot. I was doing all of that just to not even just to be second best. I'm this. glad he didn't uh succeed back when he was the scion for multiple reasons, but also like mm-hmm. imagine Bree's mom having to like ugh, be awakened because Did- of dude's machinations and I mean hopefully if he got if he got far enough and he realized that he was Lancelot, he wouldn't try to probe further to find out who Arthur is. He probably would. He'd probably be obsessed with it. Yeah, but I feel like he wouldn't. I don't know that he would try to awaken the Arthur because I don't think he'd want the Arthur to be powered enough to. No, be he probably wouldn't want to awaken like, it. But then they'd probably they'd probably want to find her though. And yeah, yeah, find yes. I would. I'm very very yeah. I'm thinking about awakening. Like he wouldn't want to awaken the Arthur. Yeah, I guess that's true. Wild. Too much. Also, F tour. Because yeah. yeah. in that moment, you chose 100%. racism. You and there's so many other things that you could be doing, so many, many other things you really could do. And you chose racism. And like yeah. d- uh, was the demon calling Brie an abomination not enough? Like I just don't <laughs> Yeah, also special shout out to Raz the demon for calling someone an abomination while being a literal being a demon. Demon. 
That's wild. So many things happening. Um, now that we're like pretty much next next episode will be the last uh chapter. So reminder to listeners to get in your votes for MVP and benched. If you don't remember from like the early chapters, that's fine. Just like do the ones that you remember or have strong feelings about. Um, the link is always in our show notes, so you can just click there and choose your choose your MVPs and bench so that we can tally up the votes. Uh, once we finish the book. Whew. Finish the book, you say. Finish the book. Thank you so much for listening. Join us next week when we finish the book. <laughs> we'll be discussing yeah. chapters 57 <laughs> and 58 and seeing, you know, how the story wraps up. Oh, we know. But well, we know how it wraps yeah. up. But well, talking about yeah. it. You have to go that. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm trying to say. I'm overwhelmed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, Wizard Team is part of the Black Nerds Create Collective. If you want to keep up with our content, you can check our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at Wizard Team Pod and Black Nerds Create. Bye, y'all. Bye. 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 Bye.